podcast for filthy casuals by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to Flashpoint episode 93, recorded Sunday, February 8th. I'm your host David Holloway and with me is a co-host who hasn't ruled out running for leader of the Liberal National Party in Tuesday's ballot. How are you, Simon? I fully support you, David. Fully support you. <laughs> oh, so you're definitely running then. Yeah. I tell you what, I would vote for you, mate, over some of the idiots that will be standing, but we don't do politics, do we, on this podcast? We don't because they're a pack of muppets. <laughs> That's right. And we're, we're not nearly opinionated enough to talk politics. Fucking oath. <laughs> so... Can we beat that out? Oh, no, I forgot we don't do that, do we? No, apologies to um, all the children again, and that was Simon and not me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, good to be back again. We're, we're on time this, this fortnight, which is good. Um, yeah, we've had a bit going on the last couple of weeks. I know um, between, you know, surviving the heat and, and saving the lives we do on a daily basis, Simon, but we've also been having a few chats, haven't we, the last week about a potential new project. Yes. World's longest subway, or hoagie, or grinder, whatever. Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> no, not qu- Well, oh. yeah, it can be if you want it to be. Oh, I'm just hungry. I'm so hungry. Yeah, because for those who don't know where Simon's been slogging away for hours like a true media professional before we even started recording, getting some great stuff ready. But in, one of the bits he's got ready is for a potential... Yeah, let's let's just call it the new Project X that we're thinking of launching in the next month or two. Um, what 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 do you think we can say, Simon? I, I'm going to hand over to you how much you feel we can leak because I'm easy either way. No pressure. Well, I don't want to leak like a poor quality colostomy bag. <laughs> that image soak in a lot. Soak in yeah, to the pajamas. Yeah, the, the stain spreading across the the uh, crotch of your pants. Um, well, we're thinking about possibly broadening our world, our yeah. sphere of influence. Yeah, I think that that sums it up nicely. So, what we're after is we don't want to do anything that I don't know alienates, pisses off, horrifies the brilliant people that listen to this podcast. So we're not seeing it as a replacement necessarily. Right. Sorry? Any more than we usually do. Any more than we usually do. Um, so, yeah, we just love your feedback, whether you think there's room for another podcast, whether it'll be just Simon and I or it might involve, I don't know, Tony Abbott when he's out of a job on Tuesday. We might talk about things much more broadly than gaming. I know we cover a bit of stuff here, but we're thinking much more broadly. Gaming would still be a part of it, but it wouldn't be the centre. Love your feedback on whether you'd have any interest in listening to that and whether you would have any interest in listening to it in addition to uh, or as an alternative to, because if we're, you know, we don't want to, as I said, lose half our audience because quite rightly everyone only has so much time in the week. It depends. I mean, there are people with long commutes and they just need people burbling mindlessly in the background so they've got something to listen to. So more of the same, maybe. Yeah, the Burble podcast. I like that. Oh, you got pick a name for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah, so we, we even, we've even potentially settled on a name, but we, we'll tease that out maybe to our next episode of Flashpoint. And um, once we've got some feedback from you, our valued listeners, we'll, we'll have a, 
more of a talk about it. Anyway, I'll shut up on that now. Let's talk I, about what I, we're here for. I like the way you use plural on listeners. Yeah. <laughs> way to oversell it, David. <laughs> All right. So, um, we, as usual, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. But So, let's jump straight into the MMO section, Republic News. You're not afraid? You will be. You will be. Swator. Actually, let's talk about what uh, we've been playing first. Simon, tell me what you've been playing in the last fortnight. Swator. That's it. Well, yeah. Well, Swator, uh, a bit of Minecraft, and uh, the Xbox had an EA publisher special sale. So I ended up buying Battlefield 4, which must work by now, surely, uh, with the premium for... I don't know how the hell this works, but I bought it for like thirty-two bucks. Jeez, so, that's all right. Yes, that's the game and all of the uh, all of the uh, the DLC, and it was actually, I think it was actually like a buck cheaper than just the base game. So I don't know who the hell was working out the prices, but thirty-two bucks for a lot of a lot of bang. Uh, I thought that was pretty good, but yeah, um, so I've been. Uh, Getting one of my, uh, well, my historic uh, warrior. I think that's the best way to put him. He, he's the, the character I've had who's banged around since the, uh, since the, the closed beta days. Okay. I, and anyone who's listened to this uh, podcast for any period of time will probably remember that I, I didn't want to blow the Bounty Hunter storyline out of the water because uh, that's, that's what I want my primary tune to be. But uh, this guy, uh, so I created a warrior, a Sith warrior, to uh, do the closed beta. So every time the, the thing got wiped, I resurrected him. Thing got wiped, I re- resurrected him. And I'm taking him into the into the live game as well. But I kind of ignored him. So I've been, uh, I've got him through McKeb and, well, actually, no, it's a lie. I didn't get him through McKeb. I sort of uh, kind of hit a bit of a wall because... I 12, 12 XP'd him up to a certain point, but the gear never really got upgraded. So it got to the point where I was like level 53, and I just couldn't actually get him through one of the boss quests to get him any further. So I thought, I, I really, I've, I've watched the YouTube videos. I, I know how the thing's done. I understand the mechanics. I, he just, I just can't get him to last long enough. I can't be bothered grinding him for better gear, so... I'm just going to do the dailies and see if I can um, push him up to level 55, at which point I can get him to start doing the, um, uh, the Forged Alliance quest yeah. line, uh, which is what I did. Uh, and surprisingly, that worked surprisingly fast. So rather than uh, pugs, which is what I've done previously mm. to, through those, I've just use the solo instances. And let me tell you, my new best friend is the droid that accompanies you for the solo instances. Holy – you don't need to do anything. I just need to take a, like a, a lawn chair and just sort of <laughs> sit on the side because he does everything. OP, hell yeah. Do I have a problem with that? Not really because I've always been more storyline oriented anyway. But uh, yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> so which droid? Which droid's that? The Sith Warriors droid companion. 
No, no, he's not a companion. He well, he's a companion, but he's a companion for the solo oh, instance. Okay, yeah. You can only do the solo instance once per character, so uh, which is understandable because otherwise you just end up grinding for gear and XP That's doing it right. over again because it's a it's a it's a cakewalk. So much cake. You see, I've never done the solos. Oh, you should. You mm. should. It's, it's fun. The um, the the bosses still take forever to get through, but um, and uh, especially with uh, one who I'm not going to. Oh no, the hell I will. Um, the when you get to Rishi and uh, you've uh, got to get through the um, talk to the Mandalorians, um, just. Stay as close to the center of the platform as you possibly can, folks, because although your magic droid will keep throwing massive amounts of health and revives at you, uh, if you get blown off the platform, you will die So and have to start again. So, yeah, stay as close to the center of the platform as possible. That way you're not going to get blown off because you will get blown off. A well-loved MMO mechanic. As far as the yeah, I'd love a dollar for every MMO where you've got to keep away from the bloody ledge. Oh right, okay. I thought you meant something else. <laughs> um, something stickier, but that's good. Good. Yeah, that's, I'm glad. I thought we'd brought the tone of the podcast. No, 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 no. no I just I, I constantly so, fall off ledges where I don't realise I shouldn't be that close to the edge. Yeah. So look, I, I have to apologise for for that reference. I've watched a little bit too much. Actually, I watched it all last night. Uh, How to get away with murder. And, yeah, good show. But, uh, wow, the, uh, there, are, there are many sex scenes and let's say they're balanced. Not really. Oh, dear. Do you, do, you, do you know what I mean by that? No, I don't think I want to, though. No, well, yeah, no. Okay, moving on. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, uh, plenty of SWOTOR, but I'm thoroughly enjoying taking him through it's uh it's been a it's been a real a real pleasure and i'm finally gotten to the point where i've realized that i just i don't know how to play any of the classes i'm not going to say i don't know how to play any of the classes well because that would be overstating the issue yeah play any of the classes i can sympathize with that and i don't know with the warrior a penny has kind of dropped for me and i'm thinking all right well i really need to just rearrange, start doing some heavy duty overhauls on my quick bars because there's stuff I can, I can just see that I really need to be hitting more frequently and I'm not because it's stuck on one of the, the ones up in the top right or the top left. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, it all gets uh, – and I, I really can't be bothered with a lot of the, the spreadsheet gazing and uh, the uh, the analysis, but uh, which is, I think, one of the reasons why – some of the more basic console gaming approaches really do appeal because you it's great for people that enjoy that and I'm not knocking it not at all I, no. I really respect people that that understand how to make the uh, the the uh, the um Max your DPS or whatever it is for them and all of the rest of it but it's not for me but I still I still love Swotal. I mean it's it's one of those things just to throw in the dreaded WoW comparison for this episode. WoW has got very good at giving you visual feedback on whether you're proccing the right abilities at the right time to maximise 
whether it's DPS or your rage, whatever it is. Um, and so I've improved as a player just because I can see more clearly when I should be hitting certain things, whereas Swator's still got a bit of work to do in that area. It does. They've improved on the, on the flashy, glowy things, yes. and you can customise some of that on the UI itself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't... Since they're really, they really are pushing more to the, the casual market now, and I don't think there's really any argument on that, they probably need to maybe sort of spark that side of things up a bit. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't want the game to, uh, to basically be uh, an MMO for idiots by any means, but um, certainly more experienced players can turn that kind of crap off. Yeah, that's right. There's a little bit more hand-holding possibly for people who have only just reached the point where they want to start learning more about that sort of thing or people who are new to the game. And yeah. I think they probably could bring a little bit more of that in but but still, it's I'm I've still been having a, a lot of fun on on Rishi, and apart from the fact that so many of the local residents seem to have a terrible cough, um, <laughs> but yeah, the almost naked bathing beach that they've got there is a plus. I'm I'm looking I'm, I'm looking for a for an apartment there. So far, there's there's not one available. Nothing. It'll it'll happen. Don't you worry. Well, I'm living under the boardwalk at the moment, but that's that's <laughs> with that. So yeah, a big SWOTOR fortnight for you then. Yeah, it's been fairly fairly intensively SWOTOR. Um, like I say, I've uh, jumped on the the console for a, a few bits and pieces. I have avoided Destiny, however. Segway to you. What have you been playing? Yeah. So I, well, firstly, I'd like to thank you for playing enough SWOTOR for both of us because um, I'm ashamed to admit that, like last episode, where I was ashamed to admit um, I've played zero just because I haven't gotten round to it. Um, WoW's been taking up most of the time. Um, mainly because I'm trying to get my epic piece of gear. I, I've been running a, a lot of the raid content. Well, there's three. So in the current expansion, three parts of the raid have opened up and the fourth one I think hits in the next week or two. Um, and I've run that content twice just through the looking for raid group. So it's the easy way to do it, which is about all I can cope with. Um, so doing a lot of that and, yeah, a bog load of um, Destiny. So I'm, I'm an early level 27 as of last night. Oh, congratulations. So it's just constantly running stuff to get your Vanguard reputation. It's just a really poor grinding mechanic that I seem to insist on still doing anyway. But we, we went into that into detail last week. It, it does get compelling. I, I'm not sure why. I've never been one for dailies, but after starting to do the dailies on McCab, I've really been kind of uh, drooling just for the, the, uh, the little triangle to, to turn yellow above the, uh, the quest giver's heads for the dailies on Rishi. Uh, for some reason, I've, it's just clicked. I've just decided I want to start doing dailies. So. I think it tends to be pretty... You just tend to go through phases because I'm the same. There's sometimes I can't stand the idea and other times I'm happy to do them two weeks straight. Yeah, I mean, like the the, uh, the space combat, not not GSF, but the space combat. I, I've looked at that and I thought, oh, I really can't be asked. I cannot. So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's dailies on Rishi. Hello. No, good. So, yeah, wow and Destiny for me, anyway. Um, wow. I, I've actually tried the new content because you get a 10-day free. Yeah, so yeah. uploaded it and so on. I could not get the bastard in Ogrimmar to take me to the, the starting quest uh, in, the, in the new content. Really? Yeah. He just kept saying he's waiting for blah, blah, blah. I gave him like... Uh, 
three or four days, kept kept tapping on him, and I thought, oh look, wow. So you live on ninety? Uh, no. So I, I don't. I could be wrong in this, but I think you've got to be level ninety to do that quest. Well, then why would they give you ten days access to the for the the new pack? Oh, so it's ten days access to Warlords of Draenor. Yeah. I think they just assume that you've already got a 90 sitting somewhere. Well, they're idiots. Yeah, because, no, you, you couldn't do the content under 90. Well, I, I kind of figured that's probably what was the case. Yeah. Why? It didn't tell you that. It gave no indication of that. So, yeah, uh, Well, that's poor if that's the case. Yeah, that's not good at all. Well, can suck my dick. Um, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with Swotor Destiny <laughs> and, sorry, beep that out. You no. Know. Uh, no, you won't because you're, you're the world's laziest editor. That's right. That's what I love about you. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, well, yeah. So Yeah, so that's what we've been playing. But, I mean, to totally support the amount of SWOTOR we've been playing, we've got a little bit of news. There's not a hell of a lot. Um, bec- uh, and the bit we have got is mostly regurgitated from previous announcements. But uh, Courtney Wood gave uh, fan sites a bit of an update during the week. And all of these you can see on on the site, or most of them anyway. So there's a nice little spotlight on Darth Maar. Um, so they're, they're starting to do some character-driven themed weeks featuring some of the figures from Shadows of Revan. And so they're po- posting up blogs on, on key characters, and this week's one's on Darth Maar. And I quite like it. I've had a read through, and it's yeah, I like the way they've written it. It's quite engaging. So if you like a bit of lore, that's definitely worth a check out. And I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and then there's also, you can now check out more about Game Update 3.1, Conflict on Rishi, Lander. Oh, no, sorry. It's Conflict on Rishi, and it's a landing page that they've constructed. Um, we've talked about 3.1 before. I'm sure we did last episode. Yeah, there's, yeah. I have to admit, there's really not much. No, there's not a lot in it. Hard mode flashpoints. Yeah, and, and PvP Season 4. I don't know how you even include that in an update as far as just launching a new round of the same PvP. But anyway. No, I've, and I, I honestly, and I could be alone here. I suspect I'm probably not. But I don't think you, a PvP, any season should have a reward for just showing up. Come on. Let's actually, let's bring a bit of a meritocracy back into this. Yeah, agreed. Rewards for people that have actually earned a reward. Thank you. Please. Yes. Um, and apparently in the next few days, we'll see a post from Eric Musco on PvP win trading. Um, now, my guess is I, that, that's talking about pre-made groups agreeing one side win, then the other to gain particular achievements or objectives. Would that be right? Oh, look, your guess is as yeah, good. Yeah, I, I know in WoW that's what you'd call win trading. But anyway, I it's, assume it's the same. Um, a, a boss of mine used, had a phrase, CFZ or CFZ, care factor zero. There you go. I don't care. See, I, I like a little bit of PvP. but Well, it says it's in ranked PvP, so I assume it's win trading to, uh, to influence ranks and stuff. So anyway, there'll be a post on that up in the next week. All I know is there's going to be something unforeseen and there's going to be a way to game it. There's going to be a controversy about that, <laughs> obviously. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, next. <laughs> All right, next. Community Cantina, they've announced the, the dates for the rest of this year or if not the specific dates, 
uh, the months at least. So none of them impact us as far as any Australian and New Zealand listeners because they're not coming down here. But um, they're obviously doing a PAX East Cantina um, at the Hyatt Grand Regency on March the 7th. Uh, and then for the rest of the year, there'll be another... Um, Star Wars Celebration in April, uh, San Diego Comic Con in July, GamesCon in August, PAX Prime in September, and new, I assume NYCC's New York Comic Con in October. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they're still getting out and about, which is good. And usually with each of them, they at least give some snippets of interesting information away. Yeah, just everyone remember, don't book your hotel accommodation or your airfares too soon, just in case somebody decides... Yes. At the last minute. Not that that ever happens. No. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's just, oh, I think um, Mr. T.O. Was, was more calm than I would have been in that situation. What's the tea he drinks? Yeah, we must well, find out. Considering the, the, uh, the amount of tannin in tea, his, his teeth must be a very healthy yellow. Well, he's got the, he's got the skin of a 104-year-old. Well, sorry, he's 104. He's got the skin of a 30-something. Oh no, he's got he's got the the cheekbones of a Jackson. Oh, big call. <laughs> All right, so that's the canton. That's about the only Swotor news we've got. Uh, although staying in the Star Wars universe, we've got our favourite droid, uh, who's about to give us some love with the latest. Your lore is stuck in my canon segment, and as we talked about last episode, it's going to be about galactic crime. So over to you, ODS-1. Thank you, Master David. Let me just assure you that despite the recent reports, you have our full and complete support as the leader of this podcast. On the subject of backstabbing and eroded morals, let's move on to today's topic, galactic crime. While it may be argued that the greatest thief of the galaxy's wealth is the almost moribund Galactic Senate, there are many organizations out amidst the stars that are far more open in their corruption, graft, and murder. Before we start, though, let me deal with the elephant in the room. The slimy, drooling, slug-like elephant. While it is true that the huts are regarded as criminals, they themselves do not. Their behaviour and reputation is based on their culture and biology. Instead, I have decided to start with an organisation that is completely self-aware and loving it, the Black Sun. After the sacking of Coruscant in 3653 BBY, the city authorities were overwhelmed by the scale of destruction and the needs of its citizens. The Coruscant Security Forces, or CSF, were withdrawn from regular duties in the lower levels in order to focus on protecting vital parts of the city. With widespread food, power, accommodation and medical shortages, an increasingly desperate population quickly realised that their government had effectively abandoned them. In the growing chaos, most citizens were of the opinion that some order was better than none, and when that failed to come from the government, few raised concerns when a number of prominent gangsters united and began seizing control of entire sectors of the lower city. While most of the affected inhabitants accepted this new power, they were certainly not ignorant or oblivious as to their new master's intentions. At the time, the phrase, better a black son than none, came into popular parlance, and from that the newly established syndicate acquired its name. 
However, Black Sun was not the only emerging power in the lower levels of Coruscant's galactic city. With the withdrawal of the Coruscant security forces and the abandonment of much of the lower levels, ex-soldiers of the Republic, angered by the increase in gang terror, formed a militia popularly known as the Justicars Brigade. Ostensibly, the Justicars existed to bring order and justice, suppressing criminal activity and enforcing peace. Initially, the CSF were happy to work with the Justicars, but they quickly found that they were being forced out of the ever-expanding Justicar territory, just as the gangs were. For the citizens under the Justicar's shadow, there was apparently little difference between them and the Black Sun. With their opportunities for expansion on Coruscant being limited by rival groups and the slowly recovering civil administration of the Republic, the Black Sun made efficient use of the massive recovery and rebuilding effort from off-world and capitalised on the tension and incessant skirmishes that filled the 11 years of the Cold War. They quickly spread through Republic territory, Hut space and the Sith Empire. At their height, Black Sun was a galactic power in part because of its more clandestine operations, such as its reach and corrupting influence in almost all governments, not to mention its intelligence networks that rival both those of the Empire and Republic. In part, it was also due to the massive scale and scope of criminal activities, and in part, it was the size of its army and fleets of ships. Unfortunately, due to the somewhat nebulous and flexible nature of events so far in the future, it is always hard to be certain of the Black Sun's fate. However, if the timeline remains constant, I can tell you that for over 3,000 years, Black Sun are a great power in the galaxy, to the extent that even the Galactic Empire must rely on it. In 3 ABY, that's ABY not BBY, their leader, Prince Izor, had extensive dealings with Emperor Palpatine himself, However, Zizor's plotting and ambition led to calamity when he attempted to assassinate Luke Skywalker. That act, once discovered by Darth Vader, led to Zizor's death and the destruction of much of Black Sun's power. But the Black Sun were not destroyed, surviving into the New Republic era and beyond. Next time, we'll discuss the Exchange Syndicate, their rise and inevitable demise. On the subject of inevitable demises, back to you, Master David. Thanks, as always, Odious One, uh, and Happy New Year to you too. I think that was his first segment for this year, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Maybe his last. Who knows? <laughs> uh, coming, or is it? Yeah, that's right. You tease you. I, I know, I'm a cock tease. All right, let's jump into some general gaming news. This is not the podcast you're looking for. So a bit of a, a downside as far as the media and gaming, and that was uh, the announcements, I think, a good couple of weeks old now, but I think it happened since last episode, and that's that Joystick uh, and uh, Sister Site, well, it's sort of sub-site, isn't it, of Joystick, massively um, have, they've now died, haven't they? They're gone. Uh, not died, killed. Yes, true. Sorry, killed with no mercy but they, they've disappeared i haven't actually gone but i assume the old content is still just sitting there isn't it uh the, the, yeah the site is the sites are still there so just not been updated it's just not being updated yeah. because they've uh, fired all the staff so yeah funny how no updates works along with that i mean i've got to be honest joystick i don't really care one way or the other because you know there's a bunch of other 
good gaming sites. And I know I read one really snarky post, and I, I can't remember where it was. It wasn't one of the big guys totally dancing on the grave of joysticks, saying good riddance, they were crap anyway. Um, but I have more of an issue with massively going, obviously, because for those of us on the podcast, that's the one we're more likely to read as far as MMOs. Um, but they're really the only... Oh, no, sorry, that's not true. They're not the only MMO site, but they're the only MMO site that reported such a wide range of games and did it in so much depth, including SWOTOR with uh, Larry Everett's regular column. But Yeah, and I, I have to... And, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, to be uh, perfectly frank, uh, he... Because he, I think he is a sort of a prelude to, to this all going down. He was... I don't know if he was let go or dropped as a as a, a permanent correspondent, but he got the hyperspacebeacon.com going as uh, because he was once again he still cool. plays the game, he still loves the game. So hyperspacebeacon.com is still a going concern. So go there, have a look, have a read, have a laugh, go to Game Breaker. Uh, TV and watch the Republic, which he's now hosting. Good. Uh, and still struggling with XSplit, but God bless him, don't we all? So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I mean, massively started what uh, two? Oh was, no, it's seven, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, around oh seven or oh eight. Yep. And uh, yeah, they they have been they really have been a fixture. And yes, I have to admit, I've never really bothered with joystick. I've never never had much of an interest. Um, I probably look at Polygon more often, but yeah. It's it's still it's still hard seeing. Yeah, it's not good. A long time institution like these guys go, especially when you know it's basically a bunch of faceless, brainless yeah. executives at um, AOL who are responsible for this. They probably had no idea what the site did, who it catered to. Uh, the just the, the the thing that sends the chill down, uh, the chill down my spine is just the the level of corporate ignorance that this represents. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it, um, and you've just killed any chances we had of AOL, AOL picking up this podcast, so thanks, mate. It's, um, I prefer Comcast to pick this podcast up. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> At least they know how to screw people and make <laughs> AOL can't do that. No. Do, uh, do you remember the, the Time Warner buying out AOL and becoming AOL Time Warner? Yes. That didn't last long, did it? No. Realised pretty quickly, oh, we really screwed things up. Yep. Yeah, AOL are, are crap. So they've always been crap. They will remain crap until the day they cease to exist. Yes, which maybe won't be that long. The, uh, so two things. One more thing about Massively is I mentioned how in-depth and how broad their coverage was. The reason I know, I've followed Massively since 2007-08 was when I was running um, a precursor to the Oceanic Gamer um, that covered virtual world news and um, massively actually had uh, a friend of mine write for them regularly on Second Life and they treated Second Life as seriously as any other, um, you know, massive envir- multiplayer environment and they gave it not, not as much attention as what I would have thought it deserved but they gave it more attention than most people. So, you know, they, they deserve a lot of kudos for that. Um, and the one thing I will miss, miss about Joystick is one of their other subsites, and that's WoW Insider. So I'm extremely sorry to see WoW Insider go. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Joystick was an umbrella for, for so much. It wasn't in Gadget tied into them as well. Yeah, same stable, I think. So I don't know whether... Yeah, I think they've been impacted as well. I can't remember now. But yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a big loss. But they were, they were all part of the community. Whether, whether you went there or not, it's, it was hard to, to be ignorant of their existence. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, veil to those sites. Yeah. Um, good luck to everyone who was there. I, I know what redundancy feels like, so true. Yeah, good luck, guys. Absolutely, and so and and sort of linked to that as far as people leaving is there's been apparently an exodus of on-screen talent from IGN and Machinima. Yeah, there's been a real. Well, I I don't know if two incidences can be considered a trend, but. Um, uh, the uh, Greg Miller, who's uh, one of the uh, loudest faces of IGN, I think it's fair to say, uh, he was certainly uh, certainly knew how to cultivate a personal brand, if not a cult of personality. Uh, but he and the uh, some of the crew from IGN, uh, the Tim Geddes, uh, Colin Moriarty, uh, and I've forgotten the other guy's name. So sorry. Never mind. He doesn't listen to this. Doesn't know we exist. Uh, they. Started something called Kind of Funny, which was an extension, really, of what they were doing with IGN, with the proviso that there was no overlap, overlap between what they did at IGN and what they did with Kind of Funny. But they've obviously reached a point now where they. <laughs> Gesundheit. <laughs> Simon says Gesundheit. Uh, um, I'd like to introduce. Um, <laughs> That's all right. We'll keep going. I'll try and cut that out. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> I won't cut it out. Hi, everyone. Where the hell was I? Yeah, where the hell were you? Um, that it got to the stage with kind of funny that. So, uh, so I think Greg started out as uh, as uh, an editor, and uh, then they let him roll into doing things like, um, uh, oh, what was it? The obviously there was a podcast beyond, and then there was. A, a video show he did was it something something to do with midday i can't remember what it was uh but uh geez don't you hate it when something just oh the midday show with mike walsh oh you turd <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, i'm not gonna bother googling it anyway uh but anyone who's uh, who's familiar with uh, greg miller's work will know um i mean colin moriarty was uh probably the the uh the king of the playstation news at IGN. So they basically had a little thing going on the side there with, uh, with kind of funny on their, on the YouTube. They've started a Patreon thing. Oh, okay. She's who the hell isn't. We should start a Patreon. Yeah. Look, it's good. So just to cut in, we'll end up owing Patreon money. If we start a Patreon. Well, to our again, dedicated listeners, would you like the new project to have a, now why, why would you ask someone, do they want to pay us money? Cause quite rightly, everyone's going to say no. Anyway, keep going. Have a total drop-off in respect for our listeners if they actually wanted to pay us money for this. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Um, So, yeah, so they've they've started their own thing. They've taken a pay cut, but they've got a – they're taking – and I I don't think anyone would be deluded enough to think they're not. They're taking a huge chunk – of the IGN audience. I'm not saying oh, they would be. audience is going to abandon them, uh, but the people who were heavily into 
uh, podcast beyond and uh, all of the other bits and pieces the you know conversations with colin and so forth uh those people are going to head on ign is going to have a bit of a drop off in traffic at least until they successfully rebuild that's right their own internal brand because it's one thing to it's like anything with uh, when you, when you have it, uh, staff who have been around for a long time end up leaving you lose a lot of experience and in the case of someone who's uh, outward facing like that or a group of people who are outward facing like that uh, the like any any good realtor you start up your own business and you're going to end up with your or accountant or lawyer you're going to end up dragging some of the, your customers over with you that's right so IGN's taken a bit of a hit uh, Machinima has also taken a hit in that they've lost the inside gaming team. Now, uh, if uh, any of you folks out there don't watch Machinima and aren't familiar with uh, Larson and Steve and ETC and so forth, well, your life is a sad and empty place. But it's a little sadder and emptier now that the IG team have left. Mm-hmm. Adam Kovic, Bruce Miller and co. have started up something new called Funhouse, H A U S. No umlaut over the U, I noticed, but then that's just me. No, I agree. That, I, I'd be looking for that as well. I probably don't know what the, key, the, the keyboard combination or is. Or they don't realise it's meant to have one. Maybe. That's, that's mm. possible as well. Or maybe it's deliberate. Knowing those guys, probably. Well, that's deliberate. what they'll say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they've, they've uh, on a shoestring, no sets. Mind you, not that they had much of a set on, um, on Machinima either. But, yep, they've decided to see if they can capitalize on their audience and their fan base and do the things that they want to do without any editorial control. I don't think IGN or Machinima have ever really exact, exerted any kind of significant editorial control over either of them, especially judging from the, the uh, language used. But still, they obviously felt they had a strong enough brand to be able to go out on yeah, their own. Yeah, their own. Um, Sorry for the guys left behind, but good luck to um, to Greg and Co. and Adam and Co. I hope it's a, a massive success. So, yeah, look out, look up, uh, kind of funny, on YouTube and Funhouse H A U S on YouTube and uh, like and subscribe. Hmm. So I must keep checking my spam folder for any um, emails from IGN or Machinima inviting us to join. And. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you treat that with the silence it deserves. That, that was a joke, wasn't it? Yeah, just... yeah, no, it was a joke. Okay, right, good. Yeah. Cool. Uh, PTS for Tesso. Yes. There you go. Tell me about it. <laughs> so there's a PTS now for the Elder Scrolls Online for, I assume, it's an open, is it an open PTS that anyone can join to test new content coming down the pipe? Well, yeah, if you're a... Obviously, you need to be a um, – at the moment with Elder Scrolls Online, you need to be a paying subscriber yeah. for it. Why wouldn't you be? Because it's free now? Just, no, it's not. No, it will be free? It will be free. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's subbing to SO at the moment, you can – a bit like the SWOTOR launcher, if you go into settings, you can uh, check the box for show the PTS and it will bring that up and you can download the latest – uh, version of the the next expansion, and obviously in this case it's going to be with uh, with Justice and with the Cash Shop. Although obviously you can't buy anything at the moment because it's it's not live live. 
but yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, quite a few new bits and pieces that are being dropped in with this new one. Obviously, part of it is to do with the preparation for uh, launch to the consoles, which I'm actually quite excited about. I'm, I'm almost, well, if I can find a, a, a proper paying job by then, I'm seriously considering um, getting a, a console version as well. Not, not subbed, obviously, because <laughs> I'm not made of money. Actually, I'm just sort of made of greasy skin, but that's uh, another issue completely. Where yeah. was... Sorry, I was just going to say, as far as PTA, I just find the whole PTA thing leaves me cold in that I can't, and I know I'm not alone here, I can't be asked doing all that and then having to repeat it for the real deal once it's launched. Oh, I'm, no, I'm with you on that. I've, I got very tired. That and the fact that it's also usually another 30, 40 gig on your hard drive. That's right, yeah. You got the double install. I mean, I did do it for SWOTOR and I loved because it was a brand new MMO and I, I loved it and I played the smuggler storyline. I I meant to jump back and ask you for I don't understand how you bought your clothes beta um, tune over to the main game. I must have missed that memo that you could do that because I totally would have kept my smuggler. Oh no, 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 no. No, I no I didn't. I just uh, kept the, the kept the name and oh, okay. and the appearance. And you started again. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. the number of times I started on Coroban, I think I've got a, I've got Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> okay, well, particularly, oh, yeah, it's just there's just doing the the same thing with those stupid slug things, and then going, oh yeah, even going to the academy and blah blah blah. I've only done it once, and I already hate Coroban. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a Sith warrior that's I think about seventeen or eighteen, and even I got sick of Coroban. Well, I don't think I've left Coroban yet at eighteen. I well, can't remember. Should- you should have done all you Yeah, I probably have then. Okay. Um, but uh, no, the Sith Warrior storyline is definitely worth playing. Oh, I love the storyline. It's great. I just didn't like the planet much. Well, never mind. Um, with a bit of luck, uh, if Zeos decided, decides to pop into existence by some magical lightning bolt from God Almighty himself or possibly Moscow, then you never know. <laughs> exactly. So there you go, Tesso's, you know, it's, it's another, PTS is a sign of a, I always think of it as a sign of an MMO with a particular critical mass that means it's not going anywhere fast. Well, that's a bit harsh. So, uh, sorry, it's well, not going anywhere. Yeah, what, no, I mean, it's, it's here for the long haul. It, it, and that's exactly it, because yeah, uh, yeah. the la- latest information from Bethesda indicates that there's no immediate plans for another Elder Scroll game. Good. They're actually looking at really trying to um, put all their resources into Elder Scrolls Online. So if you're waiting for another Elder Scrolls game, people, you may as well this is it. subscribe to Elder Scrolls Online now or get the, uh, the um, buy-to-play version on uh, PC or console because that's your lot for the time being. That's where the company yeah. focus is. That's where the that's where the biz is at the moment. So, uh, yeah, and that's what I meant by not going anywhere fast. As far as it's not about to leave us, I think it's going places, and it's the PTS is a sign that it's got a critical mass that's sustainable. Glad you clarified that because it could be read two different. Yeah, no, no, that's what I meant. So, particularly, I mean, Elder Scrolls has got one of the strongest name recognitions of any fantasy-based game franchise. So, no, I can't see it dying too quickly. 
look, but but that isn't that's not necessarily gimme. I mean, you look at uh, you look at how Swotor started off. True. And, or Warhammer. Or, oh God. So or Conan. Like yeah, you're right. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to go well. Yeah, it'll it'll go well until people hit end game, and then that's when the wheels start to fall off. That's right. I mean, there's no, I, my understanding is there's not. A, oh, sorry, there's definitely things wrong with Conan. I've never played it, but I think the people that because oh no, is it? I'm trying to think. Is it still going? I think they still do run. Age of Conan is still going. Still going, yeah. It's another fun con property. Yeah, that's right. It's definitely still going. That had massive trouble uh, initially. It did. Um, yeah. Well, like so many games that we we know about. <laughs> had exactly the same problem. Uh, people tore through the the content, hit end game, and I mean, what is there? In the case of AOC, literally there wasn't anything there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, you could argue the same thing with Swotor and that they, they had Ilum. So there's a PowerPoint show at the at end game, but <laughs> and that then, some either. And then the other end of the the spectrum is something like the Secret World, where I don't think I'll ever see the end content. But that's another story, and I mean that in a positive way. That that is definitely the top of my my pile of um, shame. Yeah, it, I know because I love that game, as we always say. Yeah, it's it's a good. Why I've really got to start getting back into it. Saints Row is just going to have to take a back seat for the time being. My my excuse is purely, and Gail, I know you'll love this. Um, it's because I'm running on a Mac and I just can't be asked booting into Windows. But I've said that before. It's just a, another five minutes of doing crap that I, it's easier to log into WoW or play Destiny. Although, God, how slow is Destiny to load? But anyway, let's jump off general gaming news and go straight over to pop culture. I can feel your anger growing. So two things uh, in pop culture this week. First one, I was just going to do a super brief review of Interstellar. So I'll try not to put any spoilers in, but if you're concerned and haven't seen Interstellar, then I, I, before I say a particular thing, I'll try and remember to say spoiler or just tune out the next couple of minutes. So it's uh, done by the uh, Christopher Nolan. What's his brother's name? It's the Nolan brothers. Anyway. Todd? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Noel. Let's say his name's Noel Nolan and Christopher Nolan. Uh, put this one together. It's a sci-fi movie. It's about uh, the Earth is dying from crop blight and uh, there's basically no war or no armies because those remaining in the world due to the massive famine uh, are all basically getting on to try and survive uh, unbeknownst to the common person on the ground, NASA has been secretly kept going to try and get uh, some research or some people to get humanity to another planet. Uh, a wormhole's discovered near Saturn, uh, and they've sent 12 uh, astronauts or scientists through that wormhole, each tasked with trying to find a habitable planet, and they do get some signals back through the wormhole that they know something's happening uh, through the wormhole. So they, they get an expedition to go out and find out what's going on because time's running out for the planet. There's a whole bunch more to it than that. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is the, the main character, and Simon, have you ever met anyone that doesn't? respect a like Matthew McConaughey because I think he kicks ass just plays some amazing roles he he, he does I 
I don't know if everybody respects him. I don't know how many people respect anyone that refers to themselves in third person. Oh, does he do that a bit, does he? He, he does a bit, but okay. that, that, that's okay. Uh, him and Woody Harrelson, I mean, he's, he's, to me, he's... Well, you've the, seen True Detectives. That's an amazing series. He, McConaughey is the slightly less smashed out of his gourd version of Woody Harrelson, and they're both cool guys. They are, yeah. So anyway, they go through the wormhole, and then it all goes downhill from there. But there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff related to it about the use of gravity, time, black holes. And I, I read a bit up on it afterwards. They actually had a, a very well-respected theoretical physicist, physicist, yeah, um, consulting on the movie. And basically everything you see in the movie is theoretically accurate. There's, there's a, a, a few things done for dramatic effect, but essentially everything is pretty much scientifically accurate as far as we understand it today. And that's where the real power is. The second half is just mind-blowing, stretches your mind in a whole bunch of ways. Can't recommend this film highly enough. It is two hours and 44 minutes, so it's not a short film, but I just it was mind-blowing. You've got to watch it. Simon, so, I think you would absolutely love it. It's definitely on my movies to to see. I kind of wish I'd gone to see that at Gold Class instead. Yeah, that would have been good. The the third Hobbit movie. Yeah. Which was like two Hobbit movies more than we really needed. But Yes. Yeah. Now Interstellar and Gravity, both at the IMAX, I think would be mind blowing. They'd be just brilliant. But um even just on a Little laptop screen. I just love the bits out of Interstellar. So, yeah, get out and see it if you can. I'm actually not sure. It launched in November, so I'm not sure about Australian release dates when it was in the movies. I assume it's not now. Anyway, there are ways of watching it. No, but most metropolitan areas will have theatres that that show movies that have... um, Recently. Been in the multiplex but aren't anymore. That's right. We've got one here in, in Melbourne, the Astor. Uh, which which tends to uh, to do that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah have have a look. Otherwise, just, just buy the Blu-ray. That's don't right. Load it. No, no, yeah, I, that's right. I don't think it's out on Blu-ray yet, though, is it? No, it wouldn't be yet. No. Um, so amazing, amazing film. And um, the other bit was, and Simon, you picked up this link, but I was aware of it as well. That DC Comics have announced the end of. The new 52. So, I mean, just to give a bit of background, back in, I think it was 2011, they essentially killed all their titles and relaunched them. So even things like Detective Comics, which was up to issue, was it in the 800s? Anyway, it was up there. Um, Batman, Superman, you name it, all were finished and then relaunched as issue ones, which the cynics, and I'd agree with the cynics, is just a a big money grab to get more people to buy first issues and it gives a jumping on point for comics fans that you know may feel a bit put off jumping in on issue 789 of something um maybe that's why we're doing a different podcast is it a money grab simon it, it most certainly is david yes yeah so i'm not sure increasing nothing from nothing but anyway so yeah, they've killed. Uh, they killed the whole line. Launched the new Fifty Two within twelve months. Don't quote me on these numbers. Half the titles had been cancelled, and I think there's twenty four or twenty five books still going. Um, and then there's been an announcement this week that they're going to actually finish the new Fifty Two. Yeah, so they're they're keeping some of the um, the titles, the 
the um, the series are are running. The, so the new fifty two is a thing is going to be gone, yeah. but it hasn't been there hasn't been fifty two of them for as you say for a while. Yeah. Um, so they're going to bring in some new titles, continue some of the existing new fifty two titles, although that that, that branding will disappear. Won't be there. Yep. Um, and killing uh, a few more of them off. So there, I, I can see why they're doing this, and it's probably one of the same reasons that Marvel's looking at uh, they've got one of their events coming yeah, up. Secret Wars. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the nerd enclave that comic books used to be is no more. That's right. The movies, and for, for Marvel certainly, and the TV shows – in the case of DC, so uh, Arrow, Flash, the potential for the Atom TV series uh, coming up, which I'm actually hoping for, mm. has introduced a far broader demographic to the stories, to the characters, to the titles than existed previously. And they're looking to cater to that. So it's a bit of a, a market readjustment, but I think that's really what this is all about. Uh, if, if they say anything different... I'm just going to put that down to marketing PR bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I can't say I blame them for doing this because they're they're making um, obviously want to make the offerings uh, more appealing for the the younger people who are coming into it. Uh, the massive increase in uh, female viewers and readership, yes, because of the movies and the TV. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's inevitable. It's a uh, it's the, the the topography of of the whole landscape of the whole vista is is shifting, and they are doing their darndest to anticipate that and provide product. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. It's all about the product. And yeah, it's a good point you made about them relaunching for the wider audience. I, mean, I noticed the other day, Marvel have just announced a new title. I think it's starting in May or June called A Force because they couldn't use A Team. Um, which is an all-female superhero team. Yeah. Which uh, And it looks like, I mean, those things have been done in bits and pieces of order and it's been a bit of a token effort. This looks like the first well-integrated series. I mean, I, I'm certainly going to uh, be getting it. So, yeah, very I think it's got, uh, got Spider-Woman, Miss Marvel, Dazzler. See, I... I, I I make a joke of loving the Dazzler, but she's pretty cool, and so I'm glad to see her involved. Um, I assume She-Hulk. I think Jubilee's even in there. Yeah, that's probably right too. Uh, so pretty much any any um, any female character they had, I think they're they're pushing them out there. Yeah, I think it could be a really good title. So. Which isn't a bad idea. I mean, some of them have um, have some pretty good stories or potential for stories, so... There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, retooling, I'm not going to say reinventing, but there's obviously a bit of a reset going on here. But that's not a problem. It's a bit like the whole, the, the recent um, brouhaha about the uh, the recently announced Ghostbusters cast. Yes, yeah. And, uh, well, that, that raised some stink. I mean, the, the phrase ruined my childhood seems to have cropped up. <laughs> um, can't ruin your childhood. No. So uh, ruined your childhood. Your childhood is in the past, people. That's right. Uh, it it is it is static and never changing. So something having a, a present or a future 
uh, tense as app- uh, applying to something in the past, grammatically moronic, and also grow the fuck up. I think you should say what you really think. Oh, but I, no, I agree on all points. Trying to hold back. Um, the the other shining light besides A Force, just on the Marvel side, was I finally got to read the first issue of the Star Wars comic because uh, I still play it old school and get the physical copies of a couple of comics a month, and that was one of them. And again, if you like a good old fashioned Star Wars story that uh, very much um, sinks in with the movie. Um, it's the one to read. So it's it, the characters actually look like. So it's set immediately after A New Hope. Is is when the comic set, and you see Han Solo looking like Harrison Ford. You see Leia looking like Carrie Fisher. Um, really good story, really engaging, bit of funny. Same vibe as the New Hope movie. Can't recommend it highly enough. Cool. So, and they're they're launching uh, Darth of Darth Vader title launches this month, I think it is, and Princess Leia is the third title that I'm aware of that they've got um, coming out in the next couple of months. But I have no doubt there are more. So that's a bit exciting. Hey, although I know Dark Horse did a good job, but um, Marvel seem to be picking up the reins and doing well. They do. I wonder if Episode Seven of Star Wars is going to be then going back in time and resetting the timeline because. That's not been done before. <laughs> Particularly not in comics. Oh. <laughs> Movies. That's right, everywhere. All right, so that's pop culture. Uh, let's jump quickly across to Tech Roundup. It does have its moments. Not many, but it has them. So we'll, we'll keep this one pretty short, Simon, but I uh, believe there's been another classification ban on a, a game we might know. <laughs> You're lying through your teeth. You you don't know what Miami hotline, uh, hotline Miami no, is. No, because I realised as soon as I said game, and I actually said to you before we, we recorded, I don't know what hotline Miami is. So please tell, including me, what hotline Miami is. Uh, it's a... Uh... It's it's a, a a crap two D top down scrolling game basically. Oh, so it is a game. At least I got that right. It is, but, uh, yes, it's a game. Yeah, um, uh, pretty much. It's uh, th- came out in the early twenty tens, and it was part of the retro fever, basically. So it was really trying to. Um, uh, it was really bringing a lot of the the whole hotline Miami. So if you think Miami Vice, nineteen eighties, what was cool in the nineteen eighties? So um, soundtracks, the the look that was that was what it was. So was if it you a think, real eight bit look? Uh, yeah, sort of, kind of, yeah, a bit, a bit. It, it was a, it was a retro game, but it was also uh, kind of violent, kind of sexist. As you know, sort of like Madman, but with less stylish clothes. <laughs> so you should have been there marketing. That's cool. And and why why was it refused classification? Um, well, it seems to be. I don't know if it's anything to do with the whole uh, business with uh, uh, getting Target to pull things off shelves, but um, it seems Australia is particularly squeamish with anything to do with. Uh, anything that can be perceived as a representation of a sex crime. And, oh, okay. Uh, 
that seems to be what's caused the classification for Raw with Hotline Miami 2. So, yeah, I, I don't even want to know the details, what the crime Sorry. is there. Oh, the difference between um, a, a visual representation or an abstract of something and the real thing. So, uh, I don't know. We have our own strange streak of puritanism here, I suppose. Yeah, we do. Uh, it's... I, I, I have nothing to say about this. It, I, I don't really agree with censorship. So I'm, I'm not a fan of this call, but it seems, seems to be one that um, gets made increasingly. So um, a roll on the, the new Reich, I suppose. And see, what annoys me is that the, finally the introduction of an R classification in gaming in Australia is meant to weed it's out this happening as much. Yeah, hasn't changed a thing. All right. Uh, classification still doesn't mean that we, as uh, as voting, driving, drinking adults, can actually choose what's uh, what's appropriate for our own consumption. So, thanks, nanny state. Um, we're not the UK, thank God. But Jesus, what the hell? And so, if the same crime, whatever it was, was shown in a film, would it have been refused classification? Uh, probably not. No, that's my guess as well. All right. Well, there's a nice uplifting note to finish on. Yes. Good. Um, yeah, I think we will call it a show there. Um, nothing else you wanted to add, Simon? Uh, nothing that comes immediately to mind, no. Although I have to admit Saints Row 4 is a blast. I thoroughly recommend that. If you haven't picked that up cheap, um, just keep put it in your wish list on Steam and keep an eye out. But it's uh, entertaining. Yes, it's, that's one franchise amongst many that I haven't played, but everyone raves about it. Look, it's a, it's a bit of light-hearted fun, and um, SWOTOR is great, but you're not going to get the opportunity to run around vanquishing your enemies with a meter-long dildo. <laughs> no, or if you, if, they, if, you, if you can, it'll be a very different SWOTOR to what we know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I think you've just given me yet again the episode title. Although I think I've used Dildo before and it was censored by iTunes. See, there's censorship again. I hate it. It's I just, know. It's wrong. All right. So that's the show. Is As always, if you'd like to offer an opinion, suggestion or general abuse, we do love hearing from you um, on email, contact at Oceanic Gamer. Uh, and that, as I said at the, at the top of the show, we're really keen on your feedback about a potential second podcast that takes an uh, uh, even broader socio-political, geopolitical view of the world. Not talking it up much, though. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash The Oceanic Gamer. Uh, my Twitter handle is The Oceanic Gamer as well, and Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL. You'll find previous episodes of the show on iTunes, and we're also still on Stitcher. Um, thanks very much for listening, and thank you yet again, Mr Potter. My pleasure, sir. Uh, we hope you have a great week. We'll be back in a fortnight, uh, as always. And remember, if your pug wipes, it's probably because one of us was in it. Good night. Good night.
Who's the more foolish, the podcast or the person that listens to it?